Don't you get it? Class is not over yet. Parsha? Class is not over yet. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. So it's very interesting. Parsha's Vayichi. Oh, it's a very, very sad Parsha. This Parsha gets me very emotional. Because we're talking, you know, of, of all the avos. Now, with Baruch Hashem, when you go, when you read, when you read the, when you read the psukim, read the psukim, and you go through Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu, you live with Avram, you, you appreciate him. But really, if you go through the different parshas, there's very few stories. We have stories of Avram Avinu for sure, but at the same time, hey, but at the same time, you don't live his experience. Yitzchak Avinu, like the mount that's written on Yitzchak Avinu, is few and far between. All right, that's very, very few and far between. Russian, of course, yeah, but we know very little in, in the sense of the, the character of who was, right? I, had a whole, I have a whole vart that you say, able tell this Yitzchak, Avram is Yitzchak, meaning to say the encapsulation of Yitzchak was the fact that he was the son of Avram, all right? I mean, to say that that was his that was identity, his that was his personality, his personality was that he lived his father, he dug the wow. same dug, the same wells, he gave the same names, he was basically about to go down to Mitzrayim until Akash Baba told him not to, he went to Charlotte. you see this? Yeah, he was, he, a bris- was loyal to he was a, he, he was a brisker. A brisker. He was a brisker. You know brisker. Do exactly what the father did, right? Look, my Rebbe Romero Salavechik lived his entire life. Any tenua, anything, any action that he did in life was vas getat What did the rav do? What is the rav in reference to the brisker? exactly. Mesoyer exactly. 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 They say a joke. They say a joke about a brisk that you know is, uh, the, the brisker rav was lighting the the Hanukkah and he went over right before the Hanukkah Mandara. There was a broom in the, in the corner. He went over to the broom, moved it away, and, he, and they turned to him and said, I just want you to know, I'm, the reason why I'm moving it is because I don't want you guys to think, you know, there, there's later, that when you're lighting a Mandara, you have to have a broom in the back corner of the room. So every year after that, the kids... So, 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 so every year afterwards, the kids would light the Mandara. They would put a broom there, and then they, before the room, they would take away the broom and say, I want you to know, the room doesn't have to be your Bishas Adlaka. You see? So you have to know, okay, but it's a joke, obviously. Okay, so the idea being, the idea being is that, I'll tell you another thing, that, that my Rebbe's brother, David Salvechik, we're talking about Sadiqim Galenim, we're not, we're not talking about little, little children, so it's like, you know, it's a joke, but at the same time, you have to know very seriously, when somebody lives their life through that prism, it really has a real existence. So David Salvechik had a house, he, was very, he lived in, in Gula, and the area that he would light the menorah, he never, like, the house became, at one point, somebody paid money to, like, refurbish it or to, like, fix it up. But he's very mocked that the particular area that he lights the menorah should not be touched in any way, shape, or form. Not, not, nothing new should be changed to it. Nothing new, no additions, nothing. They asked him why. He said, I'll tell you why. Because when I got this apartment, my father came and he said, this is where you're allowed to light menorah. And if I change it, it's not the same place my father said it. And I want the same place my father said to light menorah. Okay, he said, hey, what's the big deal? No, when you live life through the eyes of Messiah, when you live life through every action that I do is inherently dependent on Masorah, on tradition that I have, especially you're talking about people who are Sadiq and B'nai Sadiq. When your father is a Bishgarov, when your grandfather is a Rechaim Salavechik, when your great-grandfather is the Beis HaLevi, when you go through the Gedoyli, you throw the, the Salavechik, the Shalshel Sadoris, you know, it, it, you know, you're talking about great-great-great-grandchildren of Rechaim Velazhna. We're not talking about people that have like, you know, real strong backgrounds. I think that, you know, it's something that's worthwhile. Baruch Hashem, you know, even if you didn't come from these backgrounds, myself included, I'm not a Salavechik, but you have Rebbeim, you have teachers, people that connect us to that Masara, right? So the idea is, is that when you read the parasha of, ya- of Yaakov Avinu, when you go through the parashas, you feel the pain of Yaakov Avinu passing away because you've lived with him. How many parashas now? You felt his pain. You understood his pain. You understood his existence. 
So let's take a look. So obviously, that's actually what we're going to talk about. Right? But, but thank you for doing that. Now, the it says, It says, It says, Right? He, was, he, he came up on his bed, he drew his feet onto his bed, and he expired. He gave, before he did that, he gave each one a bracha. Now, we have a, like, it's really interesting. We have a famous Gemara. We have a very famous Gemara. The Gemara tells us, in Masechus Tainus, right? There was between Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi Nachman. They were sitting and eating. They were having a suda. He says, Tell me Dvartari. Like, Dvartari sitting in here. He's like, tell me Dvartari. He says, he looks at him and says, it's usher to, to talk while you're eating. <laughs> Which is a nice way of saying stop talking to me. But a halacha. No, but halacha also. It's a halacha that's actually good pasca. It's usher to talk while you're eating because chasun might choke. The Gemara then says, after. He was saying that while he was eating. What? He's teaching well. It's actually also. It's actually also. If, to if you're in the bathroom and somebody's talking halacha. in the bathroom, it's mutter to tell them it's also to talk. Oh, you're saying halacha, but it's also to talk in the bathroom. And it's also to talk while you're eating. Also to talk while you're eating. You gotta, you gotta say that. Yes. While you're in the bathroom. To make it smell. While you're in the bathroom. You're saying, you're saying halacha, halacha. If somebody, God forbid, is about to be over in an Isidoraisa, you're allowed to say you're not allowed to do that on Shabbat. You're allowed to Anyway, the point is like this. The point is like this. So we have the Gemara. The Gemara says that they're after eating. Then he asks, he's finally finishes. And he tells, I'll tell you halacha. I'll tell you halacha. Yaakov avinu loy meis. Right? Yaakov avinu loy meis. Oh, we, we, we heard this yesterday from Rav Oh. So, oh. Gemara, so, so then, I believe it was, uh, Nachman responds back, like, wait a minute, oh, you're telling me Yaakov avinu loy meis? Oh, Rav Yaakov avinu loy meis? What do you mean? Bechi, bechi, they cried. Sabtu. Sapadu v'chantu chantoyu. They even did chanata. What's chanata? Embalming. Right? They, they embalmed him also. Mummified. One could argue maybe they took out the part, you know, the inside of his body. Could be, they, but they buried him. I'm just quoting a pasuk. You, you, Kashas on me. I'm not going to respond back. I'm just quoting a pasuk. Right? Next Shivyam. Sorry. Makish Hu Lazaroi. So we make a connection between Yaakov and his children. The pasuk says. Ma'azor b'chayim, just like his children are alive, af hu b'chayim, so too he is alive. So it means That's very, very clear. So it's two pshatim, right? Okay, gonna, it means to say that it's a, it's me, the Gemara says me, metaphorically, Yaakov avinu lemez. Of course he died. No, Rav Shat said yesterday. It's not metaphorically. He said there's, there's an aspect, there are, there there's are. an element. What, what, what? I'm saying, I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. But like, I obviously don't want to present. Okay. So the Tzadokah the, the, Lublin, right, in the Sefer of Sisa Lailah, has a whole interesting explanation. It's exactly, what does it mean, Yaakov Avinu Lameis? You don't have to know what it means. Like, obviously, yes, and there's many interpretations. I'm sure they've been heard yesterday. Thank you for reminding me. But the idea of Sisa Lailah, from Tzadokah Kaim Lublin, he says like this. He says, it really depends. You have to understand what, it really you have to know what it means. What does it mean, death? What's death? Death, from a Kabbalistic standpoint, means... That it's the separation between the guf and the neshama. We spoke about this, I think, when we learned Rosh Hashanah. For those who were here, Rosh Hashanah, right? The idea is that having that separation of body and guf, the pain of, of death, says the the, the Kabbalim, is when the neshama looks at the body and is freaked out because since you've lived an entire life so interconnected between your body and your guf that you don't see the difference in your body and guf anymore, they actually, if anything, you identify more as a guf than as a than as a neshama. So your neshama is freaking out and saying, "Are you vain? Oh my God." What is the going acre, on here? The acre. Is, my, is, is, I, but it's a re-education because once a person passes away and separates themselves, they realize, oh my gosh, I'm actually really in a shaman, not a goof. 
it's that education that's painful because to be reminded of that, that's, you know, that's a challenge. You hear the point. You hear what I'm saying. That this idea of the separation between the body and the soul is death. And the, the amount that a person, and the amount that a person lives and feeds their neshama is to the extent that, that the death of the pain of death is less painful, which means, and therefore says, that's what Yaakov Inulaymes means. Yaakov Inulaymes means that he lived in such an existence that he was so above so and beyond his guf, it was purely a, a spiritual life, such a spiritual life, therefore, according to, from that perspective, he didn't it, was just, the part. it was just like taking off a coat. Do you wow. feel that you're being separated from something? It's ancillary, the, fam- the, fa- the fancy term for it is. You're, it's totally disconnected he from felt you. felt that they're still t- t- connected together because they were sick. Oh. Wow. So therefore, still it was only a belavush gufani, the ilm It's only just a little bit of a, of a taste of this world. But really, at the end of the day, we're totally removed from it. Somebody who lives on that high level is somebody who is living real life. And therefore, death is just a natural transition towards that, wow. towards the way you were living anyway. Death is now your neshama is ready to connect to HaKadosh Baruch But here's the question I have. Not a big question. Why is this said specifically by Yaakov Avinu? I mean, we have the tzaddikim, we have Avram Avinu, Yitzchak Avinu. I don't understand. They, didn't, they weren't tzaddikim, they didn't live in this love. They were like, they were more guf than the neshama. We're talking about tzaddikim, 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 what do you mean to say that? Oh, Yaakov Avinu Lemes. It's not specifically Yaakov Avinu Lechler, it applies to all the others. Why specifically is this said by Yaakov Avinu more than by the other others? And this is what I want to suggest differently. If you actually look at Rashi in Parshish Vayeshev, if you look back in Parshish Vayeshev, Rashi tells us, you know, famous, famous idea, that Bikesh Yaakov Leishev Bashalva. It's a medrash, right? Yaakov, you know, Vayeshev Yaakov, if you want to kind of rest, already at this point, he's dealt with Lavan, he's dealt with Lavan, he's dealt with all the difficulties of life. Esau, he's finally at a certain point, live a, a place of stability. I don't thank you. A level of stability. And at this point, he just wants to live a comfortable life. Shalva means he wants to live in comfort. Not like he's sitting with a $2 million in AC now. But it does mean he wants to not have difficulties Retirement. anymore. Retirement. <laughs> Says Rashi, quoted from the Medrash. <clears throat> Hashem was in a sense, <laughs> I can't even express these words. Hashem in a sense was upset. But they also want Olam Hazem as well. It's not enough that they get Olam Haba. They also want Olam Hazem. Lachain says the Medrash, Kofatz al-Olav, Rogsay shel Yosef. The pain, the, the episode, the difficulty of Yosef HaTzadik jumped upon why? Because Yaakov, you know, wanted to just rest. Right? The Halid, like everybody asks this question, but the Alpha Nevirek asks this question specifically. What's the big deal? That Yaakov wants to live Leisha Pashalva. It's not fair. The guy's literally he's had a horrible life. Can you blame him? Sitting in front of Gemara. And if anything, by the way, can you imagine the Shalva of Yaakov? You know, how much he would have shtagged, how much Torah would have been learned, how much Kedusha would have been brought to the world if he had a little bit of time to just relax instead of everything consistently jumping on top of his head. Isn't that so painful? I don't understand. I say that's what the Alton of Radagas. What's the big deal? Why do you have such a tiny Yaakov? You know? It's not fair. Says the He makes a big distinction between Shalva and Menucha. Shalva, he says, is life without challenges. You have money in the bank, your air conditioning is going on, 
You have your honor, you have your covenant, you have everything you need, right? That's what we call in American terms retirement. You have your money saved away, you get money from the government, you can live in Florida playing golf all day. Says that out there. Nobody steigs from Shalva. Nobody can grow from Shalva. What we really want is Menucha. Menucha is even when, God forbid, the AC's off. And even when there's no money in the bank. God forbid. I mean, can you imagine? AC off is much worse than no money in the bank, right? No, can you imagine? Having, the, the having all the things going wrong, and you're able to maintain your level of equanimity, of your ability to have Menucha Sanefesh. That's real stability. That's real happiness and fulfillment and simcha. Is not... Not that you have all your wants taken care of, but even when you don't have your needs they've been taken care of, you're still... That's where a person goes. It's not the material being taken care of. That's the material being taken care of. And Bedaki Dakis, that's what the Alter Dvarik says. Bedaki Dakis is the highest level of Yaakov Avinu. This is what the challenge of Yaakov Avinu was. The challenge of Yaakov Avinu was... Was not to live a life of Shalva. That's not what we're after. And his level, there's a part of him that wanted a release. And can you blame him? You don't blame him. That's, but that's not like. But that's not called growth. Growth is growth is is where you have nothing taken care of and you're still growing. You're still striving. That's when you're still able to grow and to be the person you want to be. Because oftentimes, when you're lacking these things, when you're lacking everything you need, how often do we become the people that we don't want to be? How many times, if God forbid, you're, you're it's hot, you're sweating, right? Right now, we're in the winter, right? Especially it's a beautiful day today. But generally, when things are going wrong, things are tough, we become the people that we don't want to be. It's a horrible thing. Yeah, but I think it's in Parshas Yeah, Parshas Vayera It's interesting, if you take a look in Parshas Vayera So it's good risk not having Shavu In Parshas Vayera It says an amazing thing It says by Avram Avinu It was right after he got the bris milah, Right? And then Hashem came to check on him To check on him Now, how many Pesukim later Does it actually use the name Avram Avinu? It says Vayera Elov Hashem how do we know it's talking about Avram Avinu? So all the Rafashim try to explain that the reason is because based off the previous parasha we just left off, Avram Avinu just got a mila, so it must be when Hashem coming to visit him, it must be, it must be back to the previous parasha of Avram Avinu, and he must be coming to get to do, to do Bikr Chol. How do I know? Like, but how do we know? Only, you know, the only time that actually, I think six Sukkim later, where, you know where it actually finally mentions the name Avram Avinu? When, he, when, when the, when the Archim came, and then Vayarats, he went and he ran. Vayaretz Avram, I think I'm quoting possibly correctly, possibly, but Vayaretz Avram, Avram Avramino ran to help them to take care of their needs. It's interesting. I want to suggest the reason why is because generally when a person's ill, it's the third day of his mila. When a person's not well, they're not themselves. And the tar- in the sense, by not mentioning Avramino's name, it could have just said Vayer Hashem El Avram. Why did it say Vayer Hashem El Love? It could have said that, but it doesn't identify it because when a person's not well. They're not themselves. It's a fact. And how many times does somebody, we know anybody that we know ourselves, that is sick, is going through a challenge, they become a different person. Challenges can kill you. Challenges can break us. The Milo of Yaakov Avinu, this is the answer to the original question we had was, again, we see later when Avram Avinu, Chassam is not a criticism at all at Avram Avinu, but when he says, Adrav, if anything, when you see that he had Arthim, that's when he came back to his real self. He was in pain still, but the fact that he had the opportunity to do Chesed, that's what enlivened him again. But we, why, why, so let's go back to the original question again. Why did Yaakov in Mace only specifically by Yaakov? Because who went through more struggles than Yaakov Avinu? Who dealt with more pain than Yaakov Avinu? Now pain has a very funny way of doing things. It. it can either 
make you a closed person who's unwilling to help other people, who's unwilling to open up, who becomes, who creates a shield around themselves and refuses to connect to other, other individuals, or pain can actually help you to become more empathetic, to learn how to help other people, to learn how to make people other people, to learn how to be above a body and to become a soul. Pain has a way of raising you up. The pain the Yaakov Inu had through going through the Menuchas and Nefesh, going through the pain of Kafat Zorachal Yosef, he's finally reached the apex of now, he's above Tsar. He doesn't so feel not, pain not anymore. The pain of, the pain of he went through the process, I said, of going through Menuchas and Nefesh and not be Mavakish for Shalva. He now reached a tremendous Darga. Yaakov Inu reached a tremendous Darga now. Of now, Yaakov Avinu Loi Meis. That now he's above body and now he's soul. Before you answer questions. Yeah, how many tests did Abraham Avinu have? Correct. Correct. That was Correct. That wasn't Tzara. That was Tzara. No one's arguing there wasn't Tzara. Oh, believe me. The Jews, we got Tzara. Don't worry. But Yaakov Avinu went through such Tzara. Where it says, if you take a look at both the Kli'akr and the when it says last week's parasha, that Yaakov, when he finally sees Yosef, now I can finally die after I've seen my son. Says the Kliyakar, I believe it's Kliyakar, he says, Yaakov said, you know what? I've had so much pain in my life, so much difficulties, and every time Hashem protects me. But what happens right after Hashem protects me? Ah, comes back again another time. So I, I want to die already, because now that I see the Yeshua of Yosef, let me actually finally die, because I don't know what's, what's around the corner. That's what Yaakov says with Kliyakar. The Sfarna says, Musa Pam, he says, this entire time that my son's been gone, I've been basically dead, dead inside. Finally, now that I see that I'm, I actually am alive, that now I, see my, now I can finally really die. Because I've been dead for the last 22 years. Did we see this by Yaakov? You know, he had much more pain. Again, I don't, who wants to compare? That's Menuchas and Nefesh. Yes. Menuchas and Nefesh is in the pain. You're ma'ale. In the pain, you're ma'ale yourself. That's good for the point. When you're in the difficulty, it's what you do within the challenge that you raise yourself above. And I'll tell you a very big, I'll tell you a good line. Is my line, so if you steal it, your, your mom is, if you steal it and you say Bishmi, you're bringing him Mashiach, all right? <laughs> the idea is like this. It says, like, it says Chazal. No, it says Mia, sorry. Chazal, It says Mia, right? Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I do not mean it like that. Chazal. Chazal. That's like this. My Jeep. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. You know, if you think about it, what makes you happy does not make me happy. If you think about it, if you think pain, happiness is actually very, very subjective. What makes you happy? Ain't make me happy. What makes me happy? It doesn't make you happy. I enjoy particular foods. You don't enjoy those foods, right? What's the idea? But pain is universal. People think opposite. People think, if you, and you go on the street, they'll say, what's the universal language? Safa ulamit. Safa ha'uma ha'umi. I don't know. How do you say People say, oh, it's happiness. It's love. It's pop. No, it's not true. Because you like people that I don't like, and I like people that you don't like. So by definition, happiness is subjective. You know the one thing that's actually the universal language? Pain. Pain is incredibly universal because I understand what it means to be pain. I don't have to sit shiva to know what it means to be to be sitting in pain. It's opposite from what we, the world tells us. It says, no, you have to have gone through the particular issue in order to understand. What, that's not true. You, each of us together, if we put our finger in fire, unless you have a medical condition, we're all going to feel that pain. I go to your simcha. You're happy at your at your simcha. I'm even annoyed because you didn't give me a bracha in the chuppah. <laughs> hear that? Pain is sub, is, is not subjective. It's universal. It's objective. And because, and because pain is, is, is so universal, why did Hashem do that? Hashem did it because in order for us to use our pain and our difficulties, actually the miskashim can connect to another Jew. You hear that? 
it's not to connect. Yeah, of course we're misamech with other people, but but pain is to connect with other Jews. Connect with other people. Using that koyach of bimaala in from pain, we all have we all have things going on. All things are holding us back. But if you can use that pain to then make us make ourselves more open. If anybody comes and says, but yeah, wait a minute, but your pain is not my pain. It's like, okay, that's the point. The point is that even if your pain is not my pain, we can each come together come to a conclusion and say, you know what? That's really hard. That's really painful. That's very difficult. Let's grow together with that. That's the mile of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu Lemes. Persevere. And by the way, it's interesting. Amus Ha'pa'am, he says, I want to die. I can die now. What's the response? But Yaakov, Lemes. You say, ah, now I can die? But Yaakov, you see, by your raising above the struggles, Loimes! You didn't die. You see that? Through the koyach of Menucha Sanefesh, of raising above the pain and difficulties, you can rise to the level of Yaakov, Avinu, Loimes. Kol Tov. Kol